1: and the host of this show. Writers Boot Camp founder Jeffrey Gordon was born and raised in Chicago. His interest in writing led him from the University of Illinois rhetoric program to L.A. in 1989, During his last semester of the Peter Stark Motion Picture Producing Program at USC Film School, Jeff created the unique screenwriting tool for the first session of Writers Boot Camp, held in his living room with seven writers and expanded the company internationally during the past 29 years, creating 150 unique writing exercises. An acclaimed speaker, interviewer, and moderator on a variety of topics, he currently lives in Venice with his dog, Junior, and supports many artistic, philanthropic, and progressive causes. And Carol, I know that Jeff is a longtime donor to the Roy Dean Film Grant, right?
0: Yes, he is, Claire. He's been with us for over 10 years now, and he's offered a generous donation to the winner of the Roy Dean Grant, and we sincerely thank you for joining us today, Jeff.
2: You're welcome. It's always good to be with you, and uh, I'm always impressed with how the two of you project so well and are so professional and and just lovely to listen to.
0: Oh, thank you for that. That means a lot (laughs) to us. Great. Well, we know that Writer's Boot Camp is one of the most successful screenwriting schools in the country, and what we want to know today, we want to talk about the programs that are available at Writer's Boot Camp, and we want you to share some of your knowledge on screenwriting. So let's start with what makes Writer's Boot Camp a place that people love so
2: much. You know, thank you. Um, First of all, it's because the motto of the company from the very beginning um, is an obvious statement, but maybe not so obvious, which is uh, coming from my irreverent place of seeing classes and, and educational um, you know, seminars oh. where they weren't about writing. So the motto is, the secret to writing is writing. And that <laughs> comes from a professional approach to how people succeed in the entertainment industry. And then all we need from anyone is not necessarily a start date. It's a week uh, that they start committing their ten hours per week, and that 's for people who do not have to quit their day jobs yet um, but are you know have either a pet project or a professional aspiration, and are willing in the hundred and sixty eight hours of their week, broken down into maybe fifty hours of sleep, fifty hours a day job, to grab ten hours from you know the waking life of that remaining seventy. To commit to their creative aspirations,
0: and that seems like a small amount to uh, don't, uh, to devote to writing. Although, although uh, as
2: I just kind of pointed out intuitively, or or you know implied, um, it's really one out of seven. It's about fifteen percent of your life um, beyond sleeping and day job. Now, eventually, the goal for the professionals is to transition where you're writing producing filmmaking collabor- creative collaboration is your day job, and then you're grabbing the ten from you know I mean, you're going to do more, but most writers accept on a deadline or in that rarefied air of doing production rewrites or rewrites at the studio level where you know where they are you know mainlining coffee and occasionally <laughs> something stronger. Um, then, you know, unless you're on a deadline like that, you're not going to spend, you know, more than 25, 30 hours in the actual writing. But we need 10 hours a week for, um, and and I can explain in the the various uh, ways that we support people, the different formats. But um, we, we need 10 hours a week and a writer in order to become professionally relevant needs that for about 4 or 5 years which is still an acceleration of the learning curve in terms of what we do. We teach writers how to be efficient in 10 hours a week so that when their writing is their day job, they know how to use that full time effectively. Otherwise the work tends to fill the available time. And uh, there're a lot of, you know, variables and factors based on motivation, based on education, experience, etc. So the the three or four main things we do and uh, we've done our basic training first draft set a process for for all 29 years of the company is idea to first draft of feature, film, TV pilot, um, even the foundation of a book, not a complete first draft, but definitely a first draft for a, a feature or a TV script in seven weeks. And that can also, you know, be applied for short form or web series or any kind of branded content um, or a graphic novel. And that we call basic training. It's idea to first draft. We need 10 hours a week for seven weeks. And that's uh, 9 dollars And that includes uh, script evaluation and conference at the end, It includes fundamentals of concept, structure, character development, and scene work. And of the 150 exercises I've created, many of which are rewriting, it doesn't focus on the rewriting yet, although it's taught in the context of rewriting so that writers know what's in store for them beyond that first draft process. But that accelerates the curve from about two years that a lot of people do working in a vacuum um, to uh, seven weeks and then the awareness of what to do with it next. Then we have our professional membership, which is available in New York and L.A. live, um, but also anywhere around the world one-on-one. It's a little less, uh, um, we charge a little less one-on-one because they're not attending a live group. But it's the same syllabus, and that's a full development process that is 21 months, um, in LA and New York, it meets for 12 weeks. Uh, with a, it, it goes for 12 weeks to, to be exposed to a set of checkpoint tools, which include the rewriting exercises. And then after that, there's, uh, you join a project group every other week for the remaining 18 months. And you are completing three or four scripts in that time. And what we're uh, focused on is how to get writers not just to complete a first draft at an accelerated pace, um, but to complete ten drafts of a script every six months, working ten hours a week. What we call one-on-one, the version of that, or even one-on-one basic training, is done individually with a staff mentor, and uh, there is an option of doing that for nine months versus 21 months. So I, I don't, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. The the third thing we do is a lot of consulting, consulting to studios, consulting to production companies, consulting to um, independent producers to help them work with a writer, to help them get their own material, you know, worked through to work through a slate of projects um, or to hire a writer. So, Um, We have 10,000 alumni, and on an annual basis, maybe 20 or 30 of those writers break through, and they might not be necessarily represented yet or breaking through on a level where they've had a movie made or they got staffed, but they might be hireable based on how many scripts they've written and the writing samples that they've accomplished and the work that they're doing that is proving their aptitude and their potential. So that's primarily what we do. Basic training is a no-brainer because it's very affordable. We'll even customize plan- payment plans for uh, even that nine ninety-five, and probably without the materials, the tools, the office hour support weekly, the opportunities to ask questions not only about the material but also about the entertainment business, even without the uh, script evaluation and conference. Um, and and that those breakthroughs um, in terms of the support. It's probably worth it just to finish a draft in seven weeks.
0: Oh, my heavens, yes. And with guidance and support and understanding and the knowledge you have, absolutely. And we
2: haven't raised that price in over 17 years. Just as a wow. quick thing, um, we can talk about it la- a little later, but we have an event in L.A. on Saturday that we're happy to invite your people to. Um, or um, provide a recording of it after the fact, um, if pe- because we're not doing it as a live teleconference this time. Um, as as you may find sometimes on the, the teleconferencing and webinars, um, you get a lot of RSVPs for something free, but then some people who RSVP don't show, and it's hard to to make that happen. But um, in addition, I'm happy to, you know, give your people or anybody who's on the call today a couple hundred dollars off just as a thank you, you know, to From the Heart and to everything that you do.
0: Oh, my goodness. That's such a wonderful thing. Well, we really appreciate that. We will get this out to our members yeah. immediately. Our We're next so basic
2: training, but on the, that, that could be good for either summer session, May 14th or June 11th, or for the one-on-one version of basic training, which just doesn't have uh, live sessions in person but you have a mentor that's guiding you through the same process.
0: Okay, good. All right. So, any
2: questions that you have for me?
0: Yes, um quite a few, but let's start with uh it, you said you'd created 150 exercises uh and over uh, that you used to teach with. So, can you yes. just tell us about a yeah, few of you, these?
2: I'll tell you about 3 or 4 of them. The the first one is a term that's great for character development and providing a fundamental approach to grounded writing regardless of the format. And what it also does for TV and movie scripts is it makes a character uh, multidimensional and turns them into a role that an A-list actor would want to play regardless of uniqueness. So it's a unique term, It's very um, activating and fundamentally uh, strong. But it, it doesn't make your character unique, but it activates your character, and it's called misbehavior. And there's a term in the industry called character arc, where a character in most feature films or over the course of a series, not necessarily in an episode of a TV show, will go through a change. If that character is a human being in a profound stage of life and that movie or the overall series represents some kind of a juncture of, you know, profound experience or some kind of a test, then there's a character arc. There are a certain way at the beginning of the story and a certain way at the end or at the end of a series or at the end of a season. And But the problem is knowing that you need a character arc doesn't necessarily give a writer a tool for You know, connecting what happens in the story to who that character is and just making them psychologically change. Like they're afraid to, you know, um, um, do something um, daredevil, but at the end they're great at it. You know, that doesn't necessarily mean it happens as a result of the story and the experience. So by identifying a uh, the way that a character here's the definition of misbehavior the way that a character behaves poorly toward others in ways and moments we can see while still uh re- remaining redeemable or charming or heroic in some way or at least well-meaning then you create a sweet and a sour but it's something that is we can see through action so if somebody's uh Overbearing, but they're just trying to keep the family together. So, the family, another person in the family, or a sibling, or a son or daughter, might be frustrated by what their parent is doing or what the older sibling is doing. But at the same time, the main character is expressing a desire uh, that's something positive. So, by having a misbehavior, you activate that character and you make them multidimensional as opposed to just, you know. An adjective, or describing how they are. Um, So misbehavior is, is, yeah, misbehavior is an important uh, term. Another is dynamic relationship, uh, or a dynamic character. And one of the best ways to fix a script, whether it's uh, again feature TV, or you know a story, uh, novelistic story, or. Or you know something that eventually will you know has, so the writer has a desire to adapt to the screen, is that you identify who spends the middle of the story or the storyline with the main character. In TV, you have multiple storylines, In most features you just have an A story. Um, ensemble features are very difficult to make work because we don't imprint enough on a main character by having multiple storylines. Some of those work well by writer-directors. But when you have in any story or storyline a second star, a person who spends the middle of the story with that main character, in some cases the mysterious stranger, in some cases just somebody they've known, but in in a new phase of... uh, that relationship that dynamic character reflects the misbehavior of the main character and the begrudging relationship at the outset uh, begins that process of, d- of conveying that character arc over the course of the middle of the story and when you have action and encounter in the story events that occur impact conflict between those characters you start to see progress, and what it does is it connects what happens to the story to this relationship, and it creates not only a plot of action that characters are doing together, but a an adventure that isn't just one of action, but is one of relationship, and that's a way to layer uh, your material to become more organic or what you know is called character driven. It's important to make the distinction when uh, people will use the phrase character-driven. They often are really saying it's character like there are a lot of characters, but character-driven means that what happens in the action is a function of who the person is, and in a way, they're almost the cause of their own problem or own dilemma because of that misbehavior. And when you can connect not just a plot point, and way back when I was at USC in grad school, I had the honor and the experience of working closely with Sid Field, who wrote the book screenplay, and in many ways um, took the machete to the jungle where no one in the breakdown of screenplay structure had been before since like Aristotle.
0: Uh-huh.
2: And and um, the the challenge, though that Sid is, is, has since passed a few years ago, but a very good good person and uh he created the plot point at 30 60 90 in a screenplay and when you break that down to a TV storyline uh, you can still apply structure to the flow of events per storyline um he you know said that there needed to be a shift in the plot but i created the dynamic progression because i didn't think that was enough to identify or help a writer make a creative decision of what kind of action so by connecting the changes and shifts structurally in the story to the progress of a relationship and the issues within the misbehavior we really created a way of approaching and creating um identifying opportunities for more a-list writing you know because Audiences want to see interesting people doing interesting things together. And it's the layering of, of action with character and theme, which gives us most of the time the, the best experience when we're watching entertainment. And just a third thing for now, mm-hmm. uh, because I don't want to take up too much time on, on this topic... I created a one-page story map called a 363, 3-6-3, which stands for three sequences in the first act, six in the second, and three in the third, to emphasize that the middle of the story is you know, doubly and exponentially more important than the beginning and the ending. And we work with our alumni and writers to help them focus on the middle of the story and uh, allow the process um, to lead them to not perfect the beginning of the script prematurely, because what's in the beginning is only there to serve the middle and the ending. And most writers don't know structure, and we are in, in movies and TV especially, a highly structured and conceptual writing form. In fact, it's not even writing, it's more conceptual writing where the the choices you're making are there to execute an, an, an audience experience. So what the 363 does is it focuses that audience experience and it finds those layers. And when you focus on the middle, not worrying so much about the first three and the last three, then you can push out and create a beginning from the middle and an end from the middle. And probably the best way to fix a script, even a studio picture that isn't working that well, is to identify that dynamic progression. In, if you had 12 sequences, three six three, the first three would be 1 through 3, and then you'd have 4 through 9 in the middle, 6. If you can identify the dynamic progression between those, those two stars, in addition to the conflict coming from a third-party opponent, potentially, then if that 3 through 9 is working, then usually you'll have a stronger idea sooner in the process. And then the 363 over time is the reflection of the further iteration and development of the details of the story so that that exercise is very raw at the beginning. You get the benefit of sequences uh, 3 through 9 three six and nine representing those breaks and stages major stages of the dynamic progression you get the benefit of understanding plot points but by asking other layers at every sequence and over the course of a project you get to wave that around even if the script still has more there's more work required to execute properly. You can say, "Isn't this a great story?" And even if that's a storyline in a TV episode, uh, which will be more scene-driven than sequence-driven. Um, instead of 10 pages of story in a TV episode, an event can happen in a scene or two, which is a you know a minute to three minutes versus versus 10 minutes. Um, you can use that as a vehicle to be focused on relevant work over each stage of achievement in the writing and rewriting. And just to give you one last kind of example of how this is useful, if everybody who's on this call today had a new idea and wrote a one-page summary overnight of their idea because of either the inexperience or um, the lack of structure Structural vision since it's the beginning of a project, and most writers are focused on primarily setup. And because of the prose process of writing tending to be sort of text driven as opposed to uh, sequence or event driven, chances are three quarters down that one page, the writers would all be still in the first act, and the prose would take too long kind of treatment style to get to a point where you're really mapping out the entire story, um, earlier in the process. But what a three, six, three does is the first act ends at sequence three and there would still be nine more sequence statements, which would basically, if if every three uh, sequence statements represented a paragraph, that would be the end of uh, the first paragraph of a four paragraph summary so the the you know we we have a lot of uh, uh, probably our alumni have hundreds of books and novels published, so the tools do apply to prose, but there are problems with prose that uh, you know kind of make the choices uh, for story and undermine some of the early structural decisions because of the tendency to be so focused on text.
0: Oh, my heavens. This is really a lot of information. Okay, so. Yeah,
2: I can break uh, any of that down, so sorry to, to spend oh, too much time on that. But
0: this is those are really three important. of
2: the of the 150. If you can imagine how intense that set of 150 exercises is that our pro members get exposed to. And by pro member, you don't have to be a professional yet. You're just aspiring to get the 10 hours in well beyond seven weeks for the first draft. You're continuing to get the 10 hours in to make your project special.
0: Well, how many of these uh, 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 programs do you give them during, uh, let's take one of these courses. I mean, how many do people get in the first course?
2: Well, there are about uh, a couple dozen tools uh, for the first draft process of the 150. Maybe 20 even, 20. Dip, yeah, like like maybe 20, 25 to 30 terms, tools, exercises that are focused on the completion of first draft. But for our pro members, they're getting exposed um, over, you know, 48 sessions um, to all of those exercises. But 50 of those are craft rewrites and I'll just try to give you two paragraphs on this. There are two levels uh-huh. of rewriting. Component level, as I've identified, where you're taking the main buckets of material, the main layers of, of a script, uh, main character, dynamic character, third-party opponent, and you're bringing new material to the first draft. In the first component rewrite, you do about three component rewrites for that take about, four weeks and you're bringing new scene ideas and encounters and events based on what you've learned by the first draft
0: uh-huh.
2: after the three component rewrites then you might take four or five craft issues ways that the screenplay page are limited um, way, um, how to activate character voice there are about 50 different Craft rewrites. And those are, you know, maybe take 10 hours or a complete orbit. So when I, so our first draft process is seven, eight weeks, but our full development process is six months. So if the first draft is two months or one third of that, the rewriting process is four months or two thirds. I identify stages of achievement as ten drafts to make a project not finished but fully developed so that it's worth considering submitting to a friend in the business Um, I know that a lot of new writers are concerned about how do I get my screenplay accepted how do I get noticed in contests Uh, how do I get an agent well most of the time when you're asking that question it's already premature because it's not usually till the fifth or sixth script that somebody's not only talent is showing, but that they've gotten through some understanding and comprehension of fundamentals and are getting beyond that by identifying ideas that have merit because they haven't been done before and they've been able to test their ideas and learn from that and then execute them effectively. So a uh, um, a 10-draft process represents... Um, a fun exercise that is a hybrid between scene outlining early on in the first month um, called Miniscript, which is a rough building of the pages when you get stuck. Of course, if you're writing quickly and you're never stuck, you never have to use it. That's been on the way to the first draft, which is the second, what I consider really the second draft based on our process. Then three component rewrites, which take about a month each. That's five drafts. And then, uh, you know, let's say five craft issues. Let's say somebody's writing passively, not visually. Their scene direction is too dense. They're mundane on the left half of the page because they start everything with a pronoun or a name, and it becomes very repetitive and difficult for a reader to get through it. Um, It's not emotional. There isn't... uh, um, You know, uh, the dialogue is very linear and uh, what the writer would say in expository rather than what the character would say. There isn't character separation. Just just to name like, you know, five or six of these common craft issues. Well, you're not going to do all 50 of the craft rewrites on any one project because some writers have, you know, skills that are stronger than others and some people have less experience. But if each project... Um, if if within each project you can apply, you know, five or six craft rewrites, then you're uh, adding that awareness to your repertoire and your writing style completely shifts and elevates project to project to project. And that's why, you know, we have as a foundation that 21-month process to write three or four scripts. That still doesn't – we still don't expect somebody in, you know, less than two years to be launched – um, one of our recently highly successful alums, in fact, we have, we've had three writers write on the show, This Is Us Already, um, but Kay Oyegun was one of our interns. She happened to be a graduate of my grad program at USC, Peter Stark, but I think she took basic training in 2012. She's already been on two shows and now on the third season of This Is Us. So that's one of the fastest success stories. But she also came from a news background and is very young, but also has a maturity that most people starting out don't have.
0: And say her name again for me.
2: Kay Oyegun, O-Y-E-G-U-N. For somebody who's interested, we we may be able to have access, uh, give them access to an interview I did with her in December. So those of... uh, your people who are huge fans of this is us i can uh p- if they email anybody can email me with a quick question in the next couple of days jg at dot com. um and uh i'm happy to share those resources and have my staff reach out and and get that so I'm, I'm sorry if i'm being a little long-winded on some of these subjects but what we do is highly idiosyncratic but also very professional So if you want to maybe ask some more basic questions of maybe some distinctions or what your people um, are potentially concerned about.
0: Yes. Well, you touched on it, but I really want us to get into the – a little bit more because back here you said you would be at a place where you could send it out to some people that you know in the industry. Um, So. Uh, This is what happens is that people write scripts, they finish the first or second, third draft, and then they think they're ready. So, one, they really haven't developed it enough. And I'm talking now from a judge on the Roy Dean Film Grant because uh, my job is to help people improve. And I will find – and when you say it needs more development, that is such a broad statement. No one really understands what it means, and so you have to get –
2: yeah, let me break that down a little bit. First Please. of all, what you do is okay. wonderful, and the reason we support you is I feel what you do is still rather distinctive from what a lot of contests are. And we, we like against my better judgment, and it it turned out it was around the economy meltdown in 0809, uh, just after we created a fellowship, um, and we found that it, it was. Just We were giving people so much, but the distinction we gave them was that instead of the contest being an end in itself, it was the beginning of of a year of the one-on-one pro membership. So it was a screening process to then continue a process um, creatively. But the reason I don't appreciate a lot of contests is because the writer uses the contest deadline as the deadline for their work on their material, now occasionally a uh, a writer will submit something that they've worked on for many years. Not only could that many years be very inefficient because of their inexperience or lack of awareness or not testing their ideas enough or not knowing structure, which you know structure is crucial if you don't know it but once you know it it's secondary or it's tertiary to character development fundamentally and fresh entertainment what are you doing like i i made fun of one of my project groups recently i said i wish you guys knew cliches because then you would understand (laughs) that your work is cliche and not to make fun of this but to give you an idea as i had mentioned earlier to you even yesterday, I think I met two wonderful women who want to write stories whose family members have had cancer. Well, how is that a movie? just because it happened it doesn 't mean it isn't doesn't have merit as something profound to explore, but it 's also something we 've seen many times before, so one of the the, the main reason that work is underdeveloped is because the writing on the page doesn't match the potential of the fresh entertainment that got the writer excited in the first place. It's because they become text-based in the writing. They edit prematurely and they're not bringing enough material to the draft to fully flesh out on all those levels, but also they're lax Character activation, and often um, the main character is uh, the least active character in an early draft because the writer has unwittingly internalized the point of view of that character. And they're not outwardly misbehaving. So I actually have another mini camp, um, and I know I'm happy to, if, if I've mentioned two or three or four things, I'm happy to share one per person if they choose. But there's a common first draft problems checklist, which is not only first draft but development issues so by by undeve- underdeveloped or not ready it's it's not simply a checklist that a writer doesn't know to ask their project it's what is the reader's experience and therefore how is that going to translate to the audience experience also writers think that they're their TV pilot is going to get made. It's rarely ever going to get made. It's a writing sample as one piece of work in an arsenal of writing samples that get you represented that show somebody your ability to write on a show and get hired on staff. And in the feature world, while there's a lot of opportunity for Entrepreneurial, independent-minded writers to get hired based on writing samples. Um, the studio process doesn't really work that way. Um, it's not as it, it, there aren't a lot of screenplays sold anymore. Everybody in movies and TV is generally being paid to rewrite. If you're staffed, you're rewriting yourself, you're collaborating with other writers on a team to help each other, and as a showrunner, you're rewriting everybody's script to match your voice and the voice and style of the show. In the feature world, the big action pictures that you write are getting you into the world of getting noticed on the blacklist or um, getting representation and being able to... um, you know, be up for assignments and to come up with fresh takes on material and essentially get hired to rewrite. And then if you do get a script optioned, which is not really a sale, but let's say that's the closest thing to a sale, um, but it's really optioned against a potential purchase price and you don't get paid that purchase price unless the project gets made. But the Writers Guild protects your opportunity to do the first rewrite and if it proceeds toward production, then you're continuing to get paid to rewrite yourself. And then in some of those cases, if you get known as a rewriter around town, because you have some success with that and a voice, then you potentially get hired to rewrite bigger projects. But only if the genres in your writing sample arsenal are matching the genre and uh, you know that, that acumen. So, I don't know. We may have gone off on a little bit of a sidebar, but
0: this is you know, marvelous. Well, let's I just, start with what is, the, what is an arsenal? You say.
2: that, well, that would be a collection need. of writing samples.
0: And how you know, many would you If stand? I were
2: managing writers, and this comes up all the time, mm-hmm. we have a lot of opportunity. I wouldn't bring anybody on with less than five or six scripts that I could show, just about you know anybody who was interested in one of my clients. If they don't have five or six in their arsenal of writing samples that show viability, even though they might not get made or be makeable for various reasons, they might be slightly similar to other projects, but there's a fresh take on them and and an engaging moment that recurs throughout the project that we've never seen before. Um, So that's what I mean by arsenal. You're rarely being launched. I mean, Uh years ago, even out of basic training, while Encino Man got made, while Blades of Glory got made out of a basic training session, um, and a lot of TV writers, based on one script, were able to attract representation, it doesn't work that way. Usually the one script will get somebody's attention if they even read it. Even after they say they wanted to read it, it might still take them, you know, eight, ten weeks to get to it based on their stack, um, um, they're still not going to represent somebody as a fluke on one project. Now, an independent producer might decide that they like something, but they're probably going to rework it and work with you to rewrite it and develop it uh, as a way to stay attached as a producer to it over a long period of time. And unfortunately, newer writers also have difficulty, even when they get great notes, they don't have the education to be able to integrate those notes effectively, which is what the the tools at Writers Bootcamp help make somebody able to organize the notes they're receiving and apply them at those various levels and stages of work, as opposed to trying to do everything all at once with one rewrite and then pretty easily get burned out. Right. So um, – Yes, so
0: so, we're we're not
2: cynical, we're professional, but have a lot of experience having 10,000 writers gone through Writers Boot Camp. And as an aside, because my bio doesn't include Writers Boot Camp success stories, but our alumni have won the Oscar, Emmys, and the Tony Award. Even in the last six, seven years, probably 75 movies have been made that were written by alumni. Um, And... The creators of billions, uh, Unreal, um, The Shy, and uh, I'm, I'm just forgetting some of the other top shows. You know, hundreds of television credits, um, and it helps actors uh, and and directors and producers because these are not only tools for writing but tools for collaboration. And uh, professional membership isn't limited. To, to solely writers because you can develop numerous projects and then hand them off and then have a language for collaboration
0: right well you mentioned something earlier about that you get hired uh, based on your arsenal or based on the genres in the sample arsenal so do you, do you recommend that they have different genres in the arsenal or, or focus on their yeah. two best
2: ones Great great point. Uh, first and foremost, you do want to honor the work you've done. But sometimes the work you're done, you've done can be confusing. So in our pro-membership, we have branding exercises that help you identify who you are in the entertainment business, not just who you are as a person. And a quick exercise that you can all do is write down eight to ten you know single sentence or paragraph anecdotes so for example if i were making people understand the organic or authentic nature of jeff gordon having created writer's boot camp it would be pertinent to go back maybe to two anecdotes one after the iowa achievement score test scores came back in my grade school in chicago on the north side i went up to uh Mrs. Freeman, and in front of the class, read a list of uh, vocabulary uh, from Marvel Comics, which were the only things I really read that past year. And I went up like four <laughs> levels in one year. Words, and this is in sixth grade, so it's words like cataclysmic and ethereal and galactic and cosmos, and and then later in freshman year of college, I complained to the head of the composition program it was called rhetoric kind of an arcane name at the University of Illinois which kind of shows you it wasn't a bastion of liberal arts education Um, but I had transferred from accounting by my junior year later but I complained about the way the uh, the the freshman writing course was being taught well having that expressed that point of view it makes sense professionally that I had the confidence and the vision to start Writer's Boot Camp. So you write eight to ten of the anecdotes you tend to tell people. Then you go back to them after you've written them and attempt to angle them in case they're a little bit all over the map. You find some continuity with uh, your archetype, your style, your creative voice, the genres you choose. It never works well when you receive a query letter, and I don't believe query letters are a negative, but they rarely help because they're usually confused, just like resumes are too busy and don't look very clean on the page. Um, It's never a good thing when somebody says, I've written 16 scripts and they're all different genres. First of all, who are you? Secondly, I don't believe you've written 16 scripts. You maybe wrote 16 drafts of something. And if you haven't selected the genre, it usually means that you're not expert at anything. And um, it's, it's after writing five or six of a similar kind of genre or at least finding a through line of character, characterization, Uh, thematic uh, topicality and then when you do that you start to resonate at a certain frequency and people who know you and people who read your work look to you and might have conversations let's say a producer has an idea they might think of oh who's that very quirky somewhat dark um, prison thriller writer that woman who lives in Minnesota let me call her because I have an idea. She probably knows a lot about the subject, and that can lead to an opportunity. Otherwise, people don't know how to identify or even commoditize you. And, you know, the positive of, of pigeonholing or selling out is you're selling. <laughs> so, and I mean that facetiously.
0: Right. Um, you, are, you are selling yourself. Well, in today's world, how do you sell yourself?
2: Well, by doing the work, I mean, maybe you're not a writer. Maybe you're a producer with ideas. The problem is another exercise that I've created is a premise line, which is a formatted log line, and it contains phrases and words that highlight the fresh entertainment structure of the story for you and um, um, you know, include the story components and inherent sources of material. Well, most there's a fifteen part premise line checklist that we teach to make sure that a concept is complete even before a story that flows from an idea can be complete. Most of the time, newer writers are missing two-thirds of those 15 things, and so it renders their idea and the subsequent draft of the script that was written in that way to be uh, barely a setup. And very few setups can sustain to create an entire story because after a setup, you're often starting the story over by putting the characters in a new arena or at least the relationship represents a new exposure or new mindset. And if you don't know structure and you don't have the questions to ask, then the story flattens out, which is why it's very common, not only for a first draft, to have a first act that's way too long, but to have not much happen until like page 80. One of the <laughs> contests we judged were an organization, I think it was from Illinois, because it was based on my hometown Chicago and some of the relationships that I carried over to LA. We, my, Our staff read the four finalists, and as a team we were supposed to rank them. And after each person had read the script they were supposed to, um, this wasn't the end of the process for us, but we did one extra thing. We sat in, at a conference table, and we each went to page 54. And it's not to say that page 54 is the most important page, but we wanted to be able to see whether the story and the script was, were, whether they were well-structured. And you could tell if it was still barely ramping up, versus somebody who, you know, had more experience in the craft, the Mm -hmm. overall craft. Mm -hmm. And it was incredibly revealing and fun and just, you know, a little extra conversation that led us to some debates to be able to rank them even more effectively.
0: That is brilliant. That's right. Right. I've remembered that when I'm looking at uh, these scripts that I have. But let me ask you, you mentioned something to me about uh, the outline. That Because most people don't want to read a script. They want to read an outline. And you don't recommend outlines. Or what's your take on an outline? Well, no,
2: we do recommend scene outlines. But just just as I alluded with the one-page summary, the 363, where we, we need a more structurally oriented document doesn't mean it, it would be dry. Um, but the problems with treatments, and I understand why old school producers want treatments. They want to feel the writer's voice. They want to get the character interaction. And sometimes in synopsis or prose form, you get some fluidity and you see the talent of the writer. But that talent doesn't always apply directly to the screenwriting execution and so we uh, avoid treatments because of the prose problem where writers will often fill in a lot, and it's not really action-based. It's uh, Things are intimated and explored in different ways in prose, like in a book or novel. The mind of the character can fill in a lot and direct uh, sort of editorialization or direct information to the reader Can be somewhat of a cheat And I don't mean that always in a bad way The word cheat But in this case it isn't that positive Because it's not showing the writer's ability To structure an entire story So a scene outline We do recommend And not a tedious outline But just a single sentence Expression and description Of a scene idea You know and a scene is marked By a passage of time and change of location And you know there is no such thing as an average length of scene. Uh it'll differ to to the degree that um you're in a you know limited arena drama, you know limited location drama with, you know, more people talking versus an action picture.
1: Mhm.
2: But right. um so what we look for is 100 to 150 single sentence scene statements. Um, And by writing that outline, you have a closer approximation and, in effect, a more complete and proportional expression of the overall story. So that's not something I even want to look at. I'd rather see a 363 by our alumni because there's so many um, layers that – you know depending on whether it's a development project or just something of an early uh version of something I'd rather see that the writer has the ability structurally to see it and so I would rarely want to read a treatment and while I would recommend in their process that they do an outline I wouldn't want to read an outline until much later in the process
1: excellent meaning
2: okay. meaning the outline's just a a rite of passage to get to the first draft of the script But Mm -hmm. often you can see the problems in the script, in the outline. You can see the problems in the outline in the 363 or one-page summary. You can see the problems in the 363 in a single-sentence description of the project. And um, um, somewhere on our website, if you look at the bottom, because we're redoing our whole website, but in the fat footer, there's a, a link to creative perspective. And there are a number of fallacies listed in one of those articles.
0: A link to creative perspective.
2: Yeah, there's a creative perspective, and there are five or six or seven articles that they can read about some of the tools and some of the philosophy at Writers Boot Camp. And just in that context, for example, some writers will say, I can't get my idea into a single sentence. And if you can't, then it's problematic, because this is an idea business that's highly structured again and there are ways to do that now the goal is not always to get to a short sentence that's not the goal the goal is to get to conceptual compactness and to tell a story that's layered and well structured so sometimes uh, a newer writer who isn't necessarily yet a conceptual thinker is going to have to practice it's not to say i need people to have a brilliant single sentence it's that practicing the single sentences practicing the three six threes and other tools are another way to practice the compression and the explicit nature of the of screenplay and TV craft and that it helps uh, prose writers as well.
0: My gosh. But I don't know if we're
2: covering enough ground, but I
0: yes. appreciate <laughs> you have your done questions. A wonderful amount of information you've shared with us. What I want to do now is just go back and reiterate some of the wonderful offers that you gave to us. You, you said that you would offer $200 off as a thank you for those people on the show for either the, the May or the June or for the one-on-one uh,
2: basic event. training,
0: Basic training. okay.
2: Yeah, so that's a seven-week process idea to first draft. Or, or you know, you can rewrite something that's that, that you've already written, but start it in a, you know, break it down and start it stronger. The, the other thing is basic training is not a prerequisite for professional membership wherever you are. Um, and you can – but we will be happy to give you the basic training as a free gift so that you can save that 995 and apply it instead to pro-membership. So that's another offer that we can make to your people. And anybody on this call, if they email me directly, um, you can uh, follow up over the next 48 hours just because I get busy um, and ask a question or two. And I'm happy to share – over the next week we'll find um, whether it's the common first draft problems mini camp whether it was the speaker event with the this is us alum um or i think i mentioned oh and then we we do have in LA a mini camp saturday um it's it's called what to do before you submit your script right um And uh, if I can find my email here, what to do before you send out your script or making your best writing sample better. It's Saturday at 10.30 a.m. for like an hour and a half or so. It's free. And I'm happy to share the recording of that if that's the one that you'd like because you don't live in L.A., but it's in Marina del Rey. And if you email me, again, jg at writersbootcamp.com, or you can call the office at uh, 800, another 800, 1733, the main office line. I think that toll-free goes to the 310-998-1199. Um, if you want to just call the office, you can talk to uh, one of the staff, and they'll you know, also take 15, 20 minutes to tell you everything that we do. When somebody doesn't sign up for a writer's boot camp within a week to 10 days, we just put a pin in that. Um, because if people aren't ready to put in 10 hours every week toward their work, at least for seven weeks, then we can't really help people that much. But they may realize that they're not really going to write as a professional, and they might be a producer or a filmmaker who are are looking for projects, and uh, we're very deliberate about how we support people.
0: Wonderful. My goodness, well, we all thank you so much for sharing this information. The 363 sounds wonderful. This is something that I would love to know more about, everything you've talked about. I I would never attempt screenwriting. I think that's the hardest form of writing on the planet. But you've broken it down to where it makes sense with all the exercises and, and uh
2: and, Well, it's two things. It's still not formulaic, although it's a nice compliment when somebody will say, hey, thanks for the formula. But it's it's much more organic, and you use it, the tools not to spit your story into, but to articulate how yours works. So it's not cookie cutter. Just another anecdote while we wrap up, because I'm assuming we're running short on time, correct? Yes. Yeah. Um, I happened to go to an event in, of all places, Orange County on Saturday to support um, an organization called uh, Wave for All that was started by a woman to uh, get women involved in democratic politics. I'm from Chicago. Uh, knew my precinct captain growing up and, uh, you know, happy to be living in a blue state, but no offense to anybody else who has a political opinion. Um, but what was great is uh, Chelsea Handler was speaking and we, my, I had brought a friend and i we were looking for seats and i sat down and on the bid card it said 363 <laughs> <laughs> so i knew i was exactly where i was supposed to be <laughs> on a spiritual Absolutely. basis i was supposed to be right there and i sat i plunked myself down and it was it was a uh, uh, they raised a lot of money um um for uh Democratic candidates and for that, that Organization which is also empowerment For women oh one other thing About a month ago we had a women's Empowerment mini camp Just to be supportive and kind of check In and it wasn't overly focused on Me too but it was very positive So if that's a mini camp recording That somebody would like to hear we're happy To share that one Oh, good. Um, so I think that's it for now um, Thank you for uh, You know getting the word out about writers boot camp and for what you do we're happy to continue to support your efforts
0: thank you thank you jeff it means a lot to us we love your company we love what you do and we sincerely appreciate the dedication you have to birthing writers through the writers boot camp thank you
2: well, I'm glad. I mean, that's, that's what makes it worthwhile. So speak to you guys soon.
0: Okay, Jeff. Thanks a lot. Okay,
2: thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Uh-huh. Bye. Thank you.
1: All right. Be well, everyone. Be well, everyone. Now in its second edition, Carol Dean's popular book, The Art of Film Funding, has 12 new chapters to cover all areas of film financing and how to avoid expensive pitfalls. Learn how to start with an idea and end with a trailer. How to make an ask for money. Create your story structure and your trailer. Legal advice. Fair use. Successful crowdfunding. How to ask for music rights. And what insurance you can't shoot without. Available on Amazon under Carol Dean and at FromTheHeartProductions.com.